things I'd like to share today that I, I kind of feel like, um, you know, some days, you know, you're kind of in preach mode, but some days I feel like you're kind of in teach mode. And I kind of feel like I'm in teach mode today for something, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Maybe we'll end up in preach mode. I don't know, but we're at least going to start in preach mode, or in teach mode, I mean. And uh, so anyway, praise God. We're going to go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. God is good, amen? All right. Now, y'all with me today? All right. Now, I don't know. I think maybe I might have came out a little intense earlier, so maybe I hope I didn't scare everybody today. I do have some things that I'm pretty serious uh, deal with today, and and uh, but uh, hopefully we all have an ear to hear today. Amen? All right. So uh, what I'm going to do here, uh, we're going to go through this this whole chapter today, and uh, and I kind of want to just take it, you know, verse by verse, um, and reveal a couple things because of where we're going with this thing by the end of it. So uh, so let's uh, patiently work through this. Amen? All right. Verse 1 says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, uh, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, de- declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were, were not with uh, persuasive words of human wisdom. Everybody say human wisdom. But in demonstration or manifestation or, or uh, 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 maybe the workings. Another word that might, that word here, demonstration means. So, but in the demonstration, manifestation or workings of the spirit and of power, praise God. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Now, in this text, um, he's, he's going to be talking about two types of wisdom. And uh, made mention of that, of course, during the offering time. And so uh, let me give you a, a definition again on this. Now, let me get it file, piled up here. There we go. So the definition for wisdom is defined as the ability to live life skillfully, to apply knowledge, information, and data rightly. Wisdom is a combination of discernment, judgment, tact, and timing. It's there to help help one successfully deal with the practical affairs of daily life. Whether we're dealing with people, we're dealing with business, dealing with just everyday pressures that go on. Now, there's two types of wisdom. And they both work the same way. Wisdom of men or the wisdom of God. Human wisdom versus spiritual wisdom. They both, in a sense, work the same way. It's just that you got a different source. Are you hearing me? Human wisdom is also there to try to somehow cause you to live life skillfully. Because there's data and information. There's things that are being, you know, that are coming across and in front of you all day long. There's things going on, things said, things done. You, you can be driving down the road, and you're taking in information all the time you're going down the road. You're looking at something, seeing this. There's a billboard. There's something coming over the radio. You could be at home and just sitting at home, and all of a sudden, you know, something comes up on television, or somebody says something. Somebody gives you a call, says something. All, the whole time, there's information and data that's coming to you. Now, you have to decide 
what you're going to draw from to live your life skillfully? Are you going to let the Spirit of God, you know, breathe into you? Or are we just going to, you know, just take how it looks, how it sounds, you know, let the senses dictate? Now, that's your choice. Anybody with me today? Um, what we've been working on over the last several weeks, um, talking about a thing called being spiritual, what it means to be spiritual. The word spiritual is defined um, as non-carnal, which makes sense, which will make even more sense before we're done today. But it also uses the word ethereal, okay, which is a word that's not only used defining uh, something out of the word, but it also is just something that's used even in, it can be used in everyday uh, practicality. And so the word refers to being aware of the unseen. Still with me? You know, when you think about uh, in, you know, just working around, dealing with stuff, let's put it this way. I'll come at this angle. Um, how many know that uh, propane, they add something to propane so that you can smell it? Natural gas, they add something to it so you can smell it. You know why they do that? Ethereal. Why? So you're aware of the unseen. Because if, if, you don't, if you're not aware, if you can't smell that gas, then there's a potential hazard, a potential danger that could, that could arise. Am I right? So they put something with it, mix something with it, so if there's ever a gas leak, you're aware of that unseen thing. Still with me? Now, we're called to be a spiritual people, eternal, aware of the unseen realm. All right? Now, when we're talking about this thing in the beginning here about wisdom, uh, you know, you have to determine what you're going to draw your wisdom from, your discernment from, your your tact, your timing from? Are we just going to be, you know, operate solely on, you know, what has just been presented, something said, something done, somebody reacted, somebody responded, somebody did this, somebody did that. The whole time there's information being pumped to you. And what you do with that is your choice. Whether you'll lean on an unseen source or whether you're going to respond based on the natural. Still with me? All right, so let's move on from this tech, or from this uh, place. So verse, uh, where are we at? Verse 6, is that where we're at? Or verse 5, where are we at here? No, verse 6, okay. However, okay, now listen, we speak wisdom, so he's talking about a higher thing here, all right? We speak wisdom among those who are mature. And, of course, in text, we're going to find out he's referring to spiritually mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God. Amen. The wisdom of God. Everybody say the wisdom of God. This is the one we want. We speak the wisdom of God, and it says in a mystery. That word mystery, it means secret, all right? And he says the hidden wisdom. Now, that just means something that was concealed away or something that was kept secret. Now, how many know that the mysteries of God, 
that the wisdom of God in this text talking about being something, you know, secretive. Amen. How many know that it's not hidden from you, but it's hidden for you? It's a big difference, isn't it? Amen. Uh, you know, there are things, of course, out there that are maybe hidden from us, but God is not hiding anything from us. Amen. God is, would rather you draw from the wisdom that he has, amen, so you could, amen, operate in the wisdom or the tact or the timing of God, amen, so you could take whatever's going on, you can apply it and live this life skillfully. That no matter what we're dealing with, if it's something that happened with the kids, if it's something that happened on the job, if it's something that's dealing with your finance or dealing with your health, Amen. Or your marriage. Okay, whatever it is we're talking about. No matter what's going on, if we will receive, if we will lean, if we will press in and receive wisdom from above, amen, we can live this thing right and make right choices. Still with me? All right. He goes on to say here, amen, let's read verse 7 again. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. Now, this is good news, all right? For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, which means that if the enemy would have known, amen, if he would have known some of this, the word is very clear, he would have never crucified the Lord. He would have just left him alone. If he would have known something, come on, something that he didn't know. I know that's kind of sound like a maybe a double negative or something. But the bottom line is, the thing is, is God is still trying to get something to you that the enemy does not know. That's never changed. So back there, when the Lord, amen, was crucified, if the enemy would have known what was going down, even though things were prophesied, he didn't know. He didn't understand what was going on. All he knew is, take him out. He's a problem. He's a nuisance. Take him out. If he would have known, he would have never crucified him because now he has millions of you to deal with. If he would have just left him alone, he would have only had one to deal with. Still with me? Now, just kind of just gotta kind of take that in because here we are trying to live life, walk this thing out, and God is trying to get things to you, get information to you, show you some things, praise God, that'll help you, that'll take you forward, that'll take you towards your destiny. Amen. That'll cause that gift, that calling, that anointing in your life to become into a place of full fruition, praise God, and manifest like it's supposed to. Cause things to happen for you. Amen. That ain't happening for the normal person out there. Cause you to be in the right place at the right time all the time. Praise God. That wisdom is available. Still with me? All right. So verse 9 brings this out. As it is written. Of course, this is a quote out of Isaiah. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, God is going to show you some things that ain't nobody ever seen. God is going to, amen, reveal some things, amen, that nobody's ever heard. 
God is going to manifest some things, amen, that no heart, that has never even entered into the heart of man. But there are things, everybody say things. There are things which God has prepared for those who love him, praise God. I think it's the Amplified says, those who have made and made ready or those who keep ready, praise God, or kept ready, praise God. Amen. Things that are prepared, amen, for those who love him. Does anybody in here love God? All seven of you. Let's try that again. Anybody in here love God? Yeah. I mean, if you really love God, let me know it right now. Do you love God? Yeah. All right, so well, I got a room full of people who love God, and I believe probably got some folks watching by Internet, listening by Internet right now, praise God, who love God. Praise the Lord. I like it that people love God. I mean, you'd think it'd be a good thing for the people of God to love God. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Huh? Well, those that love God, there are things prepared for you, things made ready for you, things, amen, that are already, praise God, have been hidden for you, amen, and not from you. Everybody say things. So I thought maybe I better look that word up just in case. You know what it means? Things. Anyway, no, it means all manner of things or whatsoever, right? Now get this, it also means all form of uh, declination, declension, I think is how it's pronounced. There you go. And I had to look it up. What does that mean? Okay. But when you break it down, it means anything that from insignificance to those things that are hard to accept and everything in between. So God has got things that maybe you might even think is insignificant. But to God, it ain't insignificant. If it's something that you need in order to walk this thing out today, God has it for you. It might be something that might even at times be almost hard to receive or hard to accept. But yet God is trying to reveal things, and I'm hoping today is one of those things. All right? That sometimes maybe in our own head it's hard to grasp, but yet it's there, it's available for us to grasp it. To learn something, to grab hold of something. Amen. Why? So we can live this life skillfully. So we can always do and say and be and, and behave and all the kind of things that make up our life, everyday living, walking this thing out, conducting life, amen, just walking it like we're supposed to, amen, so that it's always flowing and always working, praise God. That no matter what pressure comes up, no matter what situation has just manifest, no matter what the enemy tries to pressure you with, no matter what has been said, no matter what's been, uh, you know, that has, uh, you know, manifested there with your kid or, or something maybe with, with your finance or your health, no matter what it is, God has wisdom for you to walk. Amen. Good news, right? Well, uh, the enemy's winning. Well, God knows some things your enemy don't know. Well, you know, he's getting the best of me right now. Well, God knows things that the enemy don't know. And so what he wants to do is get it to you so you know. Still with me? Now, uh, several weeks back, uh, we started talking about things about, you know, uh, the spirit. And um, the word spirit, of course, the Greek word is pneuma, okay, which means breath, uh, breath or wind or current of air. Amen. It speaks that which is vital. And, uh, and it means, uh, refers to, praise God, something being breathed or a form of influence manifested. Now, pneuma is used as... Uh, Dealing with angelic hosts, dealing with uh, the Holy Spirit, dealing with demonic, and dealing with human spirit. Still the same word, because it all operates the same way. It's based on influence, based on a breath, 
feel with me? And if you let God breathe into you, guess what? God has something to tell you. But if you're going to let the enemy breathe into you, guess what? He's got something to tell you. If you let the pastor breathe into you, guess what? He's got something to tell you. You have to determine who's going to breathe into you and who ain't. Okay? It's still a choice. God is always trying to breathe into us. Amen. The enemy is always trying to breathe into us. Mankind is always trying to breathe into you. You have to determine who you're going to let breathe into you. So we're talking about the right breath today. Talking about the breath of God. Amen. The spirit of God. And out of the spirit of God comes a thing called the wisdom of God. Amen. To help you live this thing like you're supposed to. So how does that work? Well, you're going to have to spend a little time with God. And let him breathe into you. Look at your neighbor and say, let him breathe into you, will you? Hallelujah. Now, verse 9 again. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them who love him. Everybody say verse 10. Here it is. But God has revealed them to us through what? Through his spirit. So he's revealing things. What things? These things. Amen. He goes on to say, for the spirit searches all things. In other words, he's, he's, he's understanding what's out there, everything that's going on right now. You know, God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, God knows what's going to happen in a month. I got a little weaker. Do you know God's going to even knows what's going to happen in a year? Do you know God knows what's happening right now uh, behind the scenes in your life? Do you know God knows exactly what you're going through right now? Do you know God knows exactly how you're feeling right now? Do you know God knows exactly how your kids are feeling right now? Do you know God knows exactly how, what your wife thinks of you right now? That was okay. Anyway, do you know what? Yeah, come on. God knows all these things, right? So he searches all things. He knows exactly what's going on. Amen. So it would pay to let him breathe into you, to reveal something to you, to show you something, praise God. Amen. And he even goes on to say, yeah, even the deep things of God. Deep things. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means something profound. Literally speaks of profound realities, divine counsels, deepest insights. And it literally means that which is beyond scrutiny. In other words, God knows things that no man can knock it down. No man can talk it out. Amen. No man can overcome it. Come on. There are things that are readily available to you. Amen. That are just for you. Amen. Just to be a blessing and help you live this life skillfully. Right. Now, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm building something here today. All right, so verse, verse 11, please. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, let's see here. What do we got? Juan, come on up here, brother. <clears throat> Stand right here, brother. Give Mr. Juan a hand clap. All right, now, so uh, you're going to be the man here, the man. You're the man. You're the man. All right, brother, get it right. Got your glasses? Put them on. You're the man. There it is. Okay, so he's the man. All right, now, in this man, he looks pretty good, don't he? In this man, there's a spirit, right? In this man. Now, this spirit knows what's in this man. Right? So this spirit knows what's in this man. Now, I have a spirit, and my spirit knows what's in me. Now, I might not know totally what's in him. Come on. But then it mentions another spirit. 
All right? Right? Mr. Ron, come on up here. Come on up here, Ron. Okay, stay there, Ron. You can keep the glasses on. You look cool. All right, come on. Okay, you're going to stand You don't have glasses? All right, well, anyway, that's all right. Okay, you're going you're gonna to represent the Father. God, the Father. You don't need glasses. You're already cool. You're just cool. All right, anyway, in the Father, there's a spirit, right? And the Father knows what's in him. His spirit knows what's in him. Still with me? And remember, you were made after that image, after his likeness. So your spirit knows what's in you just like his spirit knows what's in him. But something's different about his spirit because his spirit, amen, yeah, he gave his spirit to you. So not only does your spirit know what's in you, but now you have the spirit of God on the inside of you. Why? This isn't that difficult. Come on now. So what? So you can know what's in him. All right? So that's, that's a head start. We have a head start already. We've already have the advantage. Come on. We've already got the lead here on the enemy because of the spirit of God that's on the inside of us to show us what's in the Father. Okay? Give them a hand clap. Go ahead, guys. You sit down. Praise the Lord. All right. Now. Not real complicated, but I think sometimes you just, just got to understand. See, the whole time, it's readily available. That's why, you know, we pray in the Spirit. That's why we take time to commune with God. Amen. We get quiet with God. We let God, we let that Spirit, amen, in a sense, breathe into us. Amen. So that we begin to know the things that He knows. That we begin to know, praise God, the things of God. Still with me? Now, it's readily available. We just have to make the decision to do it. A lot of Christians just kind of move on in life, and they don't live any different than the world lives. I know it's none of you, but we have to, you know, we got people watching and listening. We want to make sure they all get this. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you let God lead. Now, a lot of folks, now listen, remember, this is written to the church. This isn't written to the world. This is written to the church. Are we, are we in agreement? All right. So God is trying every day to reveal things to you, things that he's already prepared for you, things, even deep things, even things, whether it seems insignificant to things that are profound, all in between, God is trying to reveal things to you, show you things, all he needs is you to give him some time. He's a gentleman. He never forces himself on anybody. Now, the enemy tries to do that kind of stuff, but God never does. All he needs is you to give him a little time. Why? So he can breathe into you. You know, when Adam was created, the Word says and, uh, that God breathed the breath of life into him, and he became, it says, a living being. Literally means a speaking spirit. Okay, why? Because his spirit was breathed into that man. He now becomes a speaking spirit, one now who also has the ability to influence. All right, whole another sermon there. But anyway, so that same breath is still available every day. Well, how do you get that? By spending time with him. Let him breathe into you. Let him speak into you. Let him show you something. 
Now, why is that important today? Well, because there's all kinds of things going on. My goodness. It's kind of nuts out there in the mess. A lot going on. You know, things are being said. Things are being done. Oh, man, craziness. Huh? I mean, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't know if you know this. Maybe it's never happened to you, but I've realized that not everybody agrees with you. I know it's a deep revelation there. But anyway, not everybody's always hooked up with you. Not everybody always sees things the way you see things. And I've found that most people are pretty much opinionated. Now, we all are. We all have our own opinions. We like to think we're, we're scriptural. And hopefully you are. I'm not, you know, you might have a great opinion. It's possible, right? You might have a, you might have a wonderful opinion. Amen. Especially if I agree with it. Then I'm going to think, you have a great opinion. But if you say something I don't agree with, I may say, I don't like your opinion. But you know, it really don't matter what I think. And it really don't matter what you think. What's going to matter is what God thinks. Because there's all kinds of things going on. And if we're going to be more moved by how it looks, how it sounds, how it feels... You're more apt to respond according to that, and you're never going to hook up with how he feels or how he sees it. So spiritual people have to be aware of the unseen. I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag here a little bit, but uh, let's move forward here with this. We're in verse 12. Now we have received, here we go, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Everybody say freely given. I looked up freely given, and guess what? It's exactly what it means, without charge or without a cost. So there are things freely given to you. Scripture makes it real clear that He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Scripture also says that He gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So God is always trying to get things to us. So are we clear on that? All right, verse 13. These things that we speak or that we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing, here we go, spiritual things with spiritual. So obviously there's a way to compare and a way not to compare. There are things going on all the time, and God is wanting you to be aware, ethereal, be aware of the unseen. Whew. Let's see here. Let's read the next verse. Verse 14. But the natural man. Now, he's still talking to the church. The natural man. The word natural here means, uh, comes from the word uh Senses, or sensitive, sensual, sensory, sensorial, which means something uh, relative to the physical senses, the five physical senses. What are the five physical senses? Touch, smell, hear, see, smell, right? So the natural man, what he's bringing up here is the natural man is moved by the five senses. The spiritual is moved by the unseen. 
All right? So the natural man, it says here in verse 14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Remember, he's talking to the church. He ain't talking to the world here. So it's possible that you or me could be the one he's talking about here. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. What things? Well, those things that are freely given to you. Those things that he's trying to get across to you. Those things that's trying to help you in everyday life. Those things he's trying to show you when it comes time to raising your kids. When it comes time to dealing with your marriage. That thing that deals with that business thing or that financial deal or that health issue. There are things God's trying to get to you. But if we're more moved by the senses, we're probably not going to receive it. Because we're not walking spiritually. Now, Over the last probably two weeks, I think, maybe three weeks, I think it's at least been the last two weeks, we've talked about this thing called, you know, spiritual people, talk about spiritual understanding. Here it talks about spiritually discerned, um, walking as spiritual people. And um, it starts answering questions. Because how can a child of God have the same results that the world has, and they don't even have God. But it happens all the time. Now, I'm going to ask a simple question. Is anybody here to, to come to here today? Yes. All right. Because sometimes it's hard to admit that maybe once in a while we're acting a little more natural than we're acting spiritual. More moved by what that person just said, or what that person just did, or what the news said, or what, come on. And pretty soon you don't watch it, we're responding. This person reacted, so you react, so they react, so you react, so they react, you react. Next thing you know, we're in divorce court. They react, you react, they react, you react, now we're in jail. They react, you react, they react, you react, now you're in prison. They react, you react, they react, you react, now you're stressed out and you're at, in the hospital because your, your health is giving you fits. They react, you react, they react, you react. Come on. And now we're financial destitute because of the fact we quit something we shouldn't have quit. Come on. We responded to something we shouldn't have responded to. And that's what ends up happening. And it's just, it's just an easy thing. All it is is we're being more natural than we are spiritual. The whole time, what you have on the inside of you is the Spirit of God that wants to breathe into you and show you things, deep things if necessary, Maybe just the simple instruction. And I always use this one because to me it's about, you, you don't get it any more simple than this. God might just say, this would be a good time for you to shut up. Have you ever had God tell you that? Some of you are wishing he would right now. Amen. Sometimes, you know, that's a simple thing. God just says, this would be a good time for you to be quiet. 
no, no, I got to say something. God's going, this would be a good time for you to be quiet. No, no, I need to say something. This would be a good time for you to be quiet. No, no, I insist on saying something. So you say something, and then we have an issue. World War III breaks out. Huh? Something manifests, and you think, oh, my gosh. Why is that happening? Why is this going on? And the whole time, God was trying to give you wisdom. But we're not spiritually discerning anything because we'd rather be natural. Well, pastor, it just ain't right. It just ain't fair. Well, you know, you just have to decide what are you going, what rules you're going to live by. See, I look at it this way. Now, not that, <laughs> not that I haven't had a few moments. <laughs> <laughs> in the last day. Anyway. <laughs> but we have to decide what, you know, what rules we're going to live by here. And who are we going to give the advantage to? Because in all honesty, according to the book, the Spirit is there for you. The Word even says to give you the advantage. Well, pastor, it ain't right what's happening. But you have the advantage because there are things that he knows that the enemy doesn't know. But when we live natural, we only go by what information the enemy's feeding us because we're letting it breathe into us. We're really heading somewhere today, all right? But we got to kind of get all this out, all right? So make a decision. What are we going to live by? Huh? Are we going to operate, amen, out of the spirit or out of the natural? Now, the natural man does not receive the things. It literally says it does not receive the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him. So I thought, maybe we should look up the word foolishness. So the word foolishness means silly or absurd, but literally means nonsense. So God's things at moments are nonsense. They go contrary to their senses. Your senses go, what? That ain't right. Uh-uh. No way. Are you kidding me? God says, I have things. Yeah, nonsense. Because my senses know. Because my senses are hooked up. Yes, but it's your senses who have got you in this mess. We're not denying, and I'm going to say it right here, you know, we're not denying 
what has happened should have ever happened. We're not denying that that didn't happen. Or we're just ignore it and act like, you know, you know, I am not here, I am not here, I am not here, I am not here. We're not denying that that just went down. We're not denying you're facing this. We're not denying that person said this. We're not denying that the enemy is warring against you. We're not denying it. We're just denying it's right to dictate. Because every time you allow that same foul thing to breathe into you, you always seek. You got to do, you got to say, you got to respond, you got to react by the natural. And the enemy stands back and laughs. Because from there on, he doesn't have to do anything. Because you just carry it out. Why? Because you're a creative being that's been designed to operate a certain way. Because your spirit also influences. So all he's got to do is get you all riled up. All he's got to do is get you depressed. All he has to do is get you mad. All he has to do is get you sad. All he has to do is somehow create something that gets you to respond out of the natural instead of by the Spirit of God. And the next thing you know, it goes from there. And most of us, I'd probably say all of us, have experienced that some, somewhere or another. Am I right? And I thought I was right. Yeah, I thought I had a right to, to do that, say that. Come on. But there's a way that seems right unto a man that always ends up down a road called ruin. Come on. And that's the fact. So, let's stay with this now. So, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them or perceive them. Come on, understand them because uh, they are what? Spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. So let's again define this. The word spiritual again, non-carnal or ethereal. Okay, spiritually perceptible to heavenly things, celestial things. All right, so the unseen, aware of the unseen. The word discern means to properly scrutinize in the sense of investigate, inspect, inquire. Uses words like to examine and then determine. Okay? So discernment, again, coming out of the Spirit of God, if you let God breathe into you, that wisdom from above, it allows you to operate in right discernment concerning whatever's going on. If we move by the natural, we think this is our only route, this is our only choice, this is our only thing to do, our only thing to say, and God says, i got a thousand ways around this, and you won't even give me the time of day. I know how to turn this thing around. The Word even talks about, you know, with a soft answer, you could turn away wrath. Well, you better be walking in the Spirit to do that, because, hey, ain't nobody talking to me that way. Telling me what to do. I'll tell you a thing or two. Oh, that's spiritual. You just gained a whole, come on, what? I, again, I know it's nobody in here. You guys are amazing. It's all them other people. But you have to deal with those other people. You know, somebody says, well, 
Forget it. I'm going to go and live in a cave and eat beans. There you go. Avoid everybody. That'll help. Right? No, you got to deal with people. You gotta, and besides that, according to God, you're called to be an influencer. Everywhere you go, you're called to make a difference. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth, man. So you can't get away from that. And somehow you're going to have to answer to that. And say, well, well, Pastor, if it wasn't for that person there, life would be good. Well, they're thinking the same thing about you. Well, that's not right. Okay. So what are you going to do about it? That was a phrase the Spirit of God always used to ask me. Something would go on, something would happen, somebody did something, somebody said something. And then quickly the Spirit of God would go, what are you going to do about it? That's what he said. I praise God he did. You know, but he said, what are you going to do about it? Now, anytime God asks you a question, it's not because God don't know the answer. He's asking you if you, if you know the answer, right? And usually when he says something like that, it means I better just take heed to what I'm about to say or about to do. What are you going to do about it? So I, I take a moment. Amen. Well, better do the right thing here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Didn't always do that. But, but I kinda, once I kind of figuring it out, praise God, it's better, amen, to do the right thing. Why? Because there's unseen things going on. I'm getting ahead of myself, ain't I? All right. Here we go. So, verse 15, please. Now, I want to be, I want to walk in spiritual discernment. Anybody else with me? All right. Now, it says here, verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things. Now, that word judges, there's the same exact word as the verse before discern. So, he discerns all things, okay? Yet, he himself is rightly judged or discerned by no one, okay? So, what does that mean? Well, he's talking about, uh, you know, first and foremost, um, uh, let's see, let me give you here. The, the natural man uh, has nothing on you. Now, in other words, if you walk spiritual, you're going to see things, you're going to do things, you're going to walk in things that the normal person ain't. And it goes on to say then that he himself uh, is rightly judged, or say rightly judged, right. rightly judged by no one, okay, which means they have nothing on you because they're not operating now the same thing you're operating under. Listen, uh, you know as well as I do, I mean, when you make a decision, you're going to do the God thing. Okay, how about forgiveness? Let's talk about forgiveness. That's a good one because I know you all walk in forgiveness. So that, let's talk about forgiveness. So how many of you got walk in forgiveness? Okay, now, when you make a decision to walk in forgiveness, um, the person that you're forgiving probably is grateful. You mean they don't always, they don't always, uh, the point is, forgiving when somebody's done you wrong seems like a foolish thing to the world. I mean, we should return evil for evil. You know, an eye for an eye. Uh, you know, a tooth for a tooth. So he says, yeah, that's how we live. Yeah, and so if, you're, if you're on the other side, it ain't so fun anymore, right? I'm grateful for the mercy of God, and I'm grateful for the forgiveness of the Lord. I'm grateful. The Word even says, why do we do all this? Because the Lord first forgave you. The Lord first had mercy on you. Now, in the world's view, the world's eye, or even in a natural man, saved or unsaved, that's going to seem really foolish. 
So they're looking at you saying, you just did a dumb thing by letting them get away with it. See, it, it's, they're not rightly being judged there because that's not what happened. I didn't just let somebody get away with it. I allowed God to move on the scene now. No, 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 you, you let them get away with it. No, no, I made a decision to be more moved by the unseen and let God deal with it. Because it works better when God deals with it. Now, there, that doesn't mean that there ain't times you might have to counsel and do something and deal with something. I get that. But when you're, we're talking about why would we release somebody from a mistake that they just made? Why in the world would anybody want to do that? Well, I'd rather have God work on their heart because of ethereal, because of the unseen. Deal with me? Now we're building on something. For who has known the mind or the ways of thinking, amen, of the Lord that he may instruct him? Do you think anybody knows more than God? That's what he's asking. Is there anybody that knows more than God? I mean, come on, that's, I mean, we, I mean, that's our, I mean, we should all like, you know, know the answer to that, right? And even if we believe it or not, we're going to lie. You know, does anybody know more than God? Nobody knows more than God. Now, at times we forget that, and we think we do, but, but nobody really knows more. So he's, that's what he's talking about. Who, you know, who knows more than God here? Nobody. He says, but, hey, but. But we have the mind of Christ. Now, who's he talking about there? Be cautious. I'm not trying to trick you, but it's, it is a little tricky. The spiritual. He's talking about himself. Because he's about to call on the carnal. He says, listen, a natural man ain't going to grab it. But we ain't natural. We made a decision to lean on God, trusting God here, and do the God thing. He says, nobody knows more than God, so why not let God be God? So, because we believe in God, because we say we trust in God, well then, it's safe to say you have the mind of Christ. Everybody say the mind of Christ. Isn't that what it says? The mind of Christ. So who are we talking about there? The anointed one. Who is the anointed one? Because I'm not trying to trick you. Who's the anointed one? Okay, so how did Jesus operate? We have the mind of Christ. Everywhere he went, everything he did, everything he said, he said that I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. And most of the time when something would occur, he'd get real quiet, real still, Come on. There were times he'd even walk off to a deserted place. And what's he doing? I better go hear what God wants to do. I better go see what the Lord wants to do here. Because he's aware of the unseen. You with me? All right. So, chapter 2. Wow. Then there's chapter 3. How many know that when he wrote the letter, there was no chapter and verse? It's just a letter. And Paul is dealing with things in the Corinthian church 
And he's trying to give them understanding. Listen, you guys have got some great things going. You got the spirit of God moving. You got some spiritual gifts in operation. You, you kind of know some things. You guys are doing communion. You're doing all some things that, that really it's good stuff. There's some good things going on. But good night. There's some things you're doing we need to deal with. And he says, you know, these things you're doing um, is proving to me you're not aware of the unseen. But you're more aware of what's going on around you naturally. So he's addressing it. So he had to go through the whole teaching to let him, you know, be aware because there's unseen things going on. Verse 1. And I, everybody say and. Huh? So we're connected still. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. In other words, people who are aware of the unseen. I, I've got to come at you at a different approach. I have to look at you more as carnal, which means non-spiritual, which means fleshly, natural, or temporal. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing you came today. That was kind of weak. But listen, if you can get a hold of this, you might be amazed at what things you can change in your life. I'm talking to carnal people. I'm talking to babes, infants, immature ones in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. In Christ. Babes in Christ. I'm talking, I'm talking to people who are saved. I'm talking to saved people, people who got fire insurance, ain't going to hell, hallelujah. They're going to heaven, but my goodness, they're living like hell on earth. What's the problem? He ain't taking nobody's salvation away. He's just saying, listen, there's a way to live and a way not to live. But if you're not going to be aware, if you're not going to let the Spirit of God breathe into you on a day-to-day -day basis, then you're going, to allow, you're going to allow something else to breathe in you. And that ain't never going to be good. So, verse 2. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able. I mean, that's, that's, quite a, that's kind of a bold rebuke. Huh? And remember, you go read through this whole book, and you're going to find out there was all kinds of things going on in that church. They had things that were going right and things that weren't. They had Spiritual things that were obviously seeing that they had at least an awareness of, of, you know, some things of God, some ways of God, some different things. But yet at the same hand, still more, uh, you know, operating more out of a natural than they are spiritual. And it just created problems. So, verse 3. This is our last verse, by the way. If somebody say hallelujah. But it's a big one. For you are still carnal. You weren't able to receive all this because you're still carnal. 
For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Now, behaving like mere men uh, means walking according to man or walking according to the natural. One translation says, as unchanged men. The word mere that you see here, um, if you look it up, the word means confined by a boundary or confined to a boundary. That's what it means. It speaks of walls of containment or limitations. So when you allow, what it say here, envy, strife, and divisions, you've limited yourself. Why? Because you're operating out of a natural. So for whatever it's worth, and I think it's worth something, um, these three, envy, strife, and division, are all the same Greek word for these, is all, all in the works of the flesh. We've brought up over the last couple of weeks different things about Galatians 5, dealing with the works of the flesh, dealing with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, amen, if you want, the Word says if you want to live by the Spirit, you're going to have to walk by the Spirit, right? Which means you're going to have to let the Spirit of God breathe in you. If you want to walk in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, which are the fruit of the Spirit, the only way to get the fruit of the Spirit is to get the Spirit in operation. Otherwise, there's no fruit. So if the Spirit of God ain't breathing in you, there's no fruit. The works of the flesh, I'm not going to mention them all, but these three are definitely in the list. The only way they come is by another spirit breathing into you. They call it the work of the flesh, but you could, you could correctly call it fruit of an unclean spirit. Because you're allowing something else to breathe into you. Pretty soon, you justify it. Pretty soon, you condone it. Pretty soon, you get an agreement with it. And then you walk it out. And now you're bearing the fruit of that unclean thing. Still with me? So let's look at these three. Because to really be honest, we can get these. You'd be amazed how life has shifted and changed. Envy. Let's define it. Envy. Zealous is the word. We actually we get our word zeal, okay? But it means on the negative side, it means to be jealous of or jealous for. It means emulation, which means to mimic something or someone due to rivalry or competition. It means to begrudge somebody. An unfavorable, here we go, zeal or unfavorable heat or fervent, fervent mindset, fiery, upset. You see something, you see someone, and you wonder, how come it's working for them and not for me? How come they got it and I don't? It it's really comes out of wrong comparisons. But nevertheless, it creates something. It creates a behavior. Now, I know there ain't nothing fun about talking about these three words. But smile for me. So I know you're getting it. Envy means indignation or a disgust toward. Some people operate out of envy because... That person has something going for them that I don't have. Or something that's not happening for them that always seems to happen to me. And to the point that you begrudge it, pretty soon there's indignation or disgust. Literally, people can be disgusted. That person did not one thing to you. 
and yet you're disgusted every time you look at it. Well, you know, the rich. What did the rich do to you? Well, you know, they got everything. Whoa, whoa, break, dude. Time out. Come on. Come on. You're just envious that they've got something going that you don't. But if you knew what we know, and you were more spiritually aware of the unseen, you also have the advantage. You don't have to miss out on anything. But I guarantee you, envy will shut you down. Still with me? Strife. Strife. The word strife is defined. Eris is the Greek word, but it means to quarrel, wrangling, contention, or debate. It speaks of variance or self-seeking or self-serving. So striving really breaks down to it's all about me. How I've been wronged, how I've been overlooked, what about me, how come I, why am I, what about I, it's always I. All right, that's where it starts. Wranglings, fights, it's always what you did to me, oh yeah, what you did to me, no, you know what you did to me, you know what you said, oh yeah, I know what you said. Let's get a verse here. Give me James 3 and 16. Put that up there, if you will. Thank you, Kathy. Hallelujah. Give her a hand clap, if you will. All right. Now, let's just see what the Word has to say about this thing called envy and strife. For where envy and self-seeking exist, that word in the Old King James, the word strife, it's the exact same Greek word that we just talked about. And it says, where these two are hanging out, what else comes? Confusion and every evil thing are there. Does that sound like you got the advantage? So every time you give in to envy or self-seeking or strife, you open the door for a thing called confusion. A thing called every evil thing. And by the way, there's nothing good about every evil thing. You've just opened the door for something. Why? Because we're unaware of the unseen. So we didn't realize that that attitude we have, that that, that striving, that contentious, divisive thing, we didn't realize that it was going to do anything because we're unaware of unseen things. And all you did was open the door for the enemy. That's why it becomes a limitation. Now you're acting like mere men, unchanged men, limited to have nothing more than the world itself has, even though you got the greater one on the inside of you. You've just shut her down, and now you're limited. Back to 1 Corinthians. Let's look at the last one before I let you go. 
divisions. Word division. Chapter 3, verse 3 there. Means disunion or disunity. Dissensions, and literally, which literally means enmity over differences. In other words, you're warring over a difference. So you're you're you decided to become divisive or, or, or hook up to disunity because that person's different. This is actually where racist, racism comes out of, sexism comes out of. Uh, this is where sometimes you have uh, issues with, uh, you know, employer-employee. Um, we can go kind of on and on. All kinds of things start happening. Why? Because you're different than me. So what? What's that have to do with anything? I'm supposed to be different than you. And you're supposed to be different than me because the word brings out that there's diversity because we're, we're not all going to be the same. If we were all the same, that'd be boring, unless you were like me. My wife agrees, that'd be boring. Okay, so that'd be boring. So there's no sense it's all being like each other. So why would we sit and bicker and argue because we have a difference? It also means sedition, which means treason or betrayal. Okay, so division. Now, Matthew 12, last verse. I guess I thought I was going to do this one, but Matthew 12, 25 says this. This is what Jesus said. Jesus knew the thoughts and said this. Every kingdom divided, everybody say divided, same word, divided against itself is brought to desolation. And he even brings out, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. All levels of, of, of influence. You have your, your home, your house, your family. Come on. If there's, divide, if there's division there, it won't stand. It's, it's going to head toward this thing called desolation. And desolation is very desolate and whole, horrible. It's evil. It's destructive. It's ruin. So if there's, if there's div division in the home... It's going to destroy the home. If there's division in the city, there's going to, it could destroy the city. So that could revolve anything from uh, business, churches, uh, on down, uh, local governments, all kinds of things. And then kingdom, what it starts with here, kingdom, which could be anything from nations, people groups, uh, different levels of influences like, like media, government, um, uh, entertainment, education, these are all kingdoms that if they're divided, they won't stand. They, de they deteriorate, they end, of this, end up in this place called desolation. Even though it has the opportunity to be great influence, but it comes to nothing because there's too much division. Right? Don't we see that in operation? It's everywhere. So we think... Or I should say, how do we think that that wouldn't affect us? Like getting caught up in strife and envy and division. Why do we, how do we not think that that wouldn't affect us? If we had any awareness, if we truly had awareness 
of an unseen realm. We wouldn't give the devil any more place. So all of a sudden, something's going down. Something's being said. Something happened. That's why in the beginning of this whole thing, we said, you know, he who is spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Stop getting caught up. Because you're going to mess it up. So the Spirit of God wants to use you to bring healing, bring restoration, bring deliverance, bring wholeness. But no, I got something to say. There we go. And so it just keeps on going. Like the Energizer Bunny. Tink, 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 and it's just no different. We just keep acting natural, operating out of the senses, and we wonder why God ain't moving anymore. Why don't we see miracles? Why don't we see signs and wonders? Why don't we see God moving in a home? How can we pray about that and it ain't manifesting? You know, I, I, uh, the word says this. Yeah, but the word says this. So, well, the word says he promises, yes, he does. But if you want to shut it down, because all for the sake of an argument, that's a bummer. So what if, what if we were spiritual? Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. That might make you feel better. What if we were spiritual? What if we were spiritual? What if we were more aware of the unseen than we are the natural? If we were spiritual, and all of a sudden that thing happened, we'd have the mind of Christ in this situation, because we're going to let the Spirit of God breathe into us, and we're going to do what the Spirit of God said do. And all of a sudden, that thing that could have been explosive, you just diffused. That thing that could have been really bad, you eliminated it. That thing that could have wrecked the home just brought a sense of unity into the home where no enemy, no devil on hell, in hell could, could, could knock it down. What if, what if we brought the Spirit of God into the scene when it comes time to your finances, your health? your businesses, your kids. And all it took was just to be more aware of the unseen. Every day, we get information pumped to us. Every day. Some of it's nice and good. Some of it's not so good. And what if no matter what information was pumped to us, we let God breathe into us and show us what to do with what we just heard or what we just seen? And that would make you spiritual. And we could turn some things around that the enemy has had dominance in for years. Am I right? Just think about that. So 
We would do that in our homes. We would do that in our church. We would do that in our place of employment. Think about how much, if we would just walk spiritual, how many areas of our everyday living would allow the Spirit of God in, and all of a sudden, life begins to shift. Why? Because you have the advantage. I like the advantage. I like the advantage. You like the advantage? Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. Thank you, Lord God, for these principles. Thank you for the insight. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. Thank you, Lord, that they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive today. And thank you, Lord, praise God, that these are things that we'll never forget. We give you the praise and the glory. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.